Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman. I'm a registered dietitian specializing in intuitive eating and health at every size. I'm also the founder of the Intuitive RD, a project that aims to provide weight-inclusive nutrition education through workshops, online courses, retreats, written content, and private counseling. Join me as we explore the foundations of the non-diet approach to health and wellness and chat with leading professionals in the field. Hey guys, welcome to episode 13. Today I'm talking with Beth Summers about this idea that intuitive eating is devoid of nutrition altogether. Uh, so Beth and I were talking and, and she kind of came up with this this topic and I thought it would be really a really good one because I think it is something that sometimes, you know, when you first stumble upon intuitive eating as a concept, um, it's easy to th- to think that it's it's totally putting nutrition, you know, in the trash or not caring about nutrition at all. Um, and Beth and I both, you know, feel very strongly um, that the alternative is, is really true. And that is that nutrition is a central part of intuitive eating. It's, it's actually one of the, the 10 principles is gentle nutrition. Um, but we talk a lot more about this topic and really, really dive into, you know, some of the reasons why this kind of misconception can come about, um, you know, with the current state of social media and, and all of that. So, uh, we have a really great conversation, and we also just kind of talk about general intuitive eating stuff. So, um, you know, it's a really great introductory episode uh, for those of you who are newer to intuitive eating. Um, so, yeah, let's let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Beth. All right, Beth. So, uh, thank you again for for joining me on the episode today. You are welcome. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, we had kind of discussed some different topics that we might chat about. Um, and I, I'm really excited to kind of hear your, your thoughts on the one we chose. So we, had, we discussed this idea of, you know, intuitive eating not being devoid of nutrition altogether, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a, a really, really interesting place to start, especially for my listeners on the, the podcast. Um, because personally, I think that sometimes this idea might pop up because um, of some of the messages on social media and just kind of some of the extreme messages about intuitive eating. Um, but I'd really love to just kind of hear your kind of first thoughts on this topic about, you know, why why you think people might get this idea. Um, yeah, basically just that. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you're exactly right. I definitely believe that social media kind of propagates that message um, that intuitive eating is dangerous even, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just going to come out and blame diet culture because because not only does it influence the the social media, um, but it influences the influencers, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it gets especially messy when there are products and programs put out there under the name of intuitive eating or mm-hmm. some something with that same feel to it that people get mixed messages of oh well this must be what intuitive eating is when it's 
when it's not at all. Um, and so they're, yeah, I think they're just kind of, they're just confused because it can right. be confusing since it's so different from what we are typically taught with mm -hmm. food and nutrition and, and our bodies. Um, so it is a different concept altogether. But then when you get diet culture, like infiltrating it and mm -hmm. mixing up those messages even more, like, of course, it's going to be confusing and misunderstood. Right. Yeah, that that's so true. And I think that, um, you know, even people who think, I guess, like if they think they understand the concepts, um, I, I mean, particularly I'm thinking of like people who um, end up using intuitive eating for weight loss type things, right? Like um, for basically just totally co-opting it into a diet, you know, mm -hmm. um, then, you know, but they, these people think that they fully understand the concepts and they're applying it in this way that's really, um, yeah, very confusing and kind of counter intuitive and counterproductive. Um, so that, that could be confusing. I also like, as I was kind of thinking about this topic, I was thinking about how, you know, when somebody first hears about intuitive eating, um, and starts kind of on this journey, I feel like for a lot of people, there can be like this, like heavy rejection of everything diet culture and, and maybe even like rejection of, of nutrition because it seems triggering and it seems diety in that in those beginning stages so i'm curious what you kind of think of that idea uh yeah i mean just even <laughs> speaking from personal experience mm -hmm. right where where i struggled more with um like orthorexic type tendencies and thoughts of you know being healthy and eating clean and so when when i when i found intuitive eating and tried to adopt it um or tried to just experiment with it, I guess, I definitely had to let go of all those food rules so that I could even know what it was like to, um, to trust my inner cues, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think that's important. Like the first few steps of intuitive eating is all about rejecting diet culture and, you know, setting aside the food police so that you can become a, I want to say like a non-partial observer right mm -hmm. and so and that's it it's uncomfortable because it's so against what we've been brainwashed to believe about mm -hmm. our foods and so i think i think just the intuitive process of intuitive mm -hmm. eating can be hard for people because we're so used to listening to everyone else but ourselves and mm -hmm. so <laughs> so i think so the idea, like the idea that intuitive eating is devoid of any nutrition, I mean, that's bonkers. And I've, <laughs> and I've said this before, we've had this conversation, mm -hmm. but contrary to that popular belief, it's not a proponent of donuts over kale, mm -hmm. but it does encourage you to like, let go of labels and food rules in an effort to discover what your, your body wants. And it's about learning to trust your inner wisdom when it comes to your food choices and eating habits. But when you don't naturally trust yourself and it's easier to trust everyone else but yourself, that's, gonna, that's going to be hard. There's going to be a learning process, which is why I think it's important to drop the food rules in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, there's a reason that gentle nutrition is the last principle of mm -hmm. intuitive eating. 
because it's especially important for those who do struggle like me with those orthorexic tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I could keep going, but if you've got another question, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was kind of going to bring that up as well, that, you know, it's kind of funny to think that intuitive eating, you know, um, doesn't value nutrition because nutrition is one of the principles, you know, involved in it. But mm -hmm. I, I think that part of the reason, I guess what I was kind of getting at too, is like part of the reason that, you know, um, the nutrition piece might get lost in intuitive eating is because people are so used to focusing on exactly. like, obsessing about nutrition that when they talk about, when they, you know, go on this intuitive eating journey, like the heavier focus is on the part of, you know, challenging the food police and releasing the diet mentality and, mm -hmm. and just like allowing themselves permission to eat food. So it's just that they're kind of like swinging the pendulum a little bit further to the other side because that's just not what we've learned. That's not what we're used to. So that's kind of where some, a lot of the focus is um, in the beginning, I guess. Right. Right. No, because it's, it's essentially counteracting mm -hmm. everything else. And it's, it's like an, um, I'm like really devoid of words today, but it's, <laughs> it's basically like an unbrainwashing process. Like right. Exactly. As you said, it's the complete opposite side, but yes. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I actually recently just shared this with a client that intuitive eating is a personal process and it's going to look and feel different for every body. It's going to be different for you than it is for me and from, you know, whoever else. Right. Mm -hmm. but as I said, like, I really do believe that those first principles of rejecting diet culture is important before moving on to that gentle nutrition step. Because as you just said, like most people, they tend to want to skip straight to that last principle because that's where they're comfortable. And, mm -hmm. the, but the chances are that, that those food choices and their eating habits are still being influenced extrinsically. And so it's important to untangle our internal authority from those outside sources before we can even actually begin to understand or honor or trust our unique intrinsic cues, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it is a process. You can't, you can't just jump over there because that seems familiar. That's comfortable. That's because chances are your decisions of what might gentle nutrition be for you are not necessarily going to be intuitive because you're still so afraid to trust your body's cues. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting. That's true. Yeah. So I, I guess like, I'm curious what you think about, you know, how someone, if someone listening, you know, to the podcast right now, like, who's wondering how they can, you know, apply nutrition knowledge into their intuitive eating lifestyle. Like, what would you say to that person? Because I, I think you're right. Like it can't, the nutrition, the focus on nutrition can't come first, but like maybe somebody's at that place where they feel like they can start applying um, some nutrition information. Like what, what should that, or what could that look like for someone? Um, I think just, recognizing and accepting the fact that it's going to be a process mm -hmm. and it's probably going to be hard and uncomfortable because you are unlearning a lot of things that you thought were true but they're not necessarily true for you mm -hmm. so just being really gentle with yourself when you do notice that you um that you're you're still making decisions based on like external authorities or diet culture and just being like oh that happened like just just developing an awareness practice of where your thoughts are and how they are influencing your choices and your decisions mm -hmm. um but not from a place of oh shoot i didn't get it 
I'm, I'm going to fail at, at intuitive, intuitive eating, just like I failed all those other diets. And because then, then you're adopting the principles of intuitive eating as another diet, mm-hmm. just replacing it, <laughs> replacing all the other failed diet attempts with another diet. And that's, this isn't a diet. It really is an intuitive process that's mm-hmm. going to take time. And that's a beautiful thing. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you kind of like sink into that process or lean into that discomfort with, with just curiosity of, you know, what is going on for me here? What do I, how do I really feel? What do I really want? Um, instead of beating yourself up over not doing it right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like one of the hardest, hardest things about, um, yeah, going from dieting to intuitive eating. It's like just accepting that like, it's not going to be right or wrong. You're not going to like do it perfectly because there is no perfect, right? It's just like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. I think, um, sorry, I was totally getting you off. I just, no, you're good. Me too. (laughs) I think, I love that you brought that up. The idea of perfect diet, right? It seems Mm -hmm. like that's what everyone is chasing after is the Mm -hmm. perfect diet. And sometimes the idea of intuitive eating is put up on a pedestal as if it's the perfect diet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's diet culture talking. That's your, the fears and the doubts talking of, well, maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can kind of let go or release your attachment to a specific outcome or a specific strategy, that's where the magic happens. That's where the freedom comes from is when you start to explore what this means for you instead of, assuming that it's going to look and feel this way. And if it doesn't, it means it's wrong or you're wrong. Right, right. I think, um, you know, it's important to point out too, that like, for someone who has been dieting, you know, chronically or whatever, um, really obsessing about their their food intake in one way or another, like, um, there's a reason that and that that has, you know, done something for them, right? That that kind of obsession around food has served them in some way. So um, being understanding of the fact that like, when you try and release those things, like it's not just going to be like, oh, okay, like everything's good now. Like it's going to probably be kind of uncomfortable. It's going to be super uncomfortable and probably a little bit unsettling and stressful. And you're going to have to find ways of coping with that, right? Yeah, and I really, it's easier said than done, but Mm -hmm. I really do advocate curiosity over confusion. You know, Mm -hmm. it feels different and one is more expansive and one is more constrictive. Mm -hmm. And and I think what makes this hard, but again, the beauty in intuitive eating is because we've been domesticated by diet culture, we aren't consciously aware of what our available options even are. And Mm -hmm. so when we do start to explore what we as an individual actually like or don't like that, that's when that magic actually happens because Mm -hmm. exercising your right to choose as an eater, that's empowering. And Mm -hmm. it isn't so much like what you're eating, but how. So for example, like a salad eaten under the influence of diet culture, that's going to feel inherently different than a salad eaten out of self-love. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating is that the bioavailability of those nutrients actually increases when it's enjoyed, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's not so much like what you eat. And that's, that's kind of where we got hung up with nutrition is like, you know, all those food rules and this is what it looks like. And this, you know, we need to make sure we check, check, check. 
Right. And, um, and it's not about the donut versus kale or <laughs> the hamburger versus the salad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the beauty of it is that it's both. This is an and situation, not a but or or, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, you know, you can eat a salad as an intuitive eater because you want that salad because it feels good because your body's asking for it. Mm-hmm. That, it's going to respond to that so much differently than if you're like, well, you can't eat that. You can only eat this. And, you know, it, it right. just feels different and your body's going to respond differently to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I just thought of something too, as you were talking about this, um, I forget where I saw it, but somewhere, somewhere on Instagram or whatever, but just basically this idea that, you know, with dieting, it's kind of, you know, eliminate these, add these and that's it. And like with intuitive eating and kind of just like in general, like non-diet approach, like, um, you know, we can start to look at it as what can we add to our diet or whatever what can we add to our day that will be super satisfying and will also honor our health you know and completely like stop like not thinking about what we should quote unquote eliminate because if we stop thinking that way like we're just kind of um i don't know looking at it in a more positive light and we still can honor our health by adding these things you know yes Yes, i love that Mm -hmm. and and that's the focus of um like healthy behaviors versus healthy, you know, like mm-hmm. that's where it gets messy is because you associated like thinness with health or salads with health or whatever. Right. Yes. So when we can kind of disentangle that or untangle, is that a word? Untangle <laughs> <laughs> what, what health means for wrong, us yeah. personally, then, um, then that's where we get to make those choices. We get to say, well, does that sound good? Does it feel good? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of this restriction or or this fear and shame-based decision of, well, I should be eating this, and so I guess I'm going to, and then you're miserable, <laughs> and, right? You know, and then you're going to, then you're going to just recreate that restrict and binge cycle, and then you're not exactly, you know, it's just yeah, and I feel like that's kind of what, yeah, like that's what I think of too with it. It's like instead of being like, oh, like I should eat this piece of fruit because X Y Z reason, it's like. I get to eat this piece of fruit to honor my health and like really enjoy it. And I get to choose the fruit or whatever that like I love the best because I'm not focusing on like what, you know, nutrient I should be eating from this fruit, you know, like or something like yeah. that. So and, it's, it's, yeah. It is. It's a beautiful thing. And again, mm-hmm. it's empowering because most diets out there focus on a very like restrictive basis. It's very yes. much a, take out, take yes. out. You shouldn't do that. Like it's all about shitting yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But with intuitive eating, it's, you know, what sounds good? What do I need? What can I eat more of? And that's why I think this, the concept of, you know, intuitive eating is devoid of nutrition is because you're, you're playing around with that concept of what can I eat more of? I'm free to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to experience that rubber band effect in the beginning of well I can eat anything and everything so I'm going to, but but it eventually like it, it levels out yes your body will naturally be asking and craving for for variety I mean that's an important human basic need is variety and so there's no way you're going to to eat ice cream the rest of your life you will not like ice cream right <laughs> you know it's it's almost like when you go on a super restrictive diet and all you can eat is like 
grilled chicken and steamed veggies, right? Uh huh. And then, you know, in a month, you're like, I hate grilled chicken and steamed veggies because that's all you eat, right? And your body's been like, please give me something else. Mm -hmm. um, I see it as the same way, but in reverse, right? So you're going to have that rubber band effect because it's important for you to play around with choice. Yes. That's so important. And, and it will normalize that your right. body will then say, all right, yeah, I choose the ice cream, but I'm also choosing you know, this veggie or this fruit or what, whatever, because it doesn't have that morality attached to it anymore. It's just a choice that you get to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think from the outside, sometimes that like early stages of, you know, intuitive eating, the rubber banding or whatever, like it can look like maybe you're not worried about nutrition at all. Right. Like, um, and that I think is where it kind of like, that's where, I don't know, it, this idea kind of comes from. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the important piece, like what you're talking about here is that it will come to an end where it settles out because um, if you are tuning in and listening to what's satisfying and what sounds great to you, like mm -hmm. at some point that will encompass a large variety of things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And um, really yeah. The, the thing... The thing you have to ask yourself too is like, what does nutrition even mean? Like, mm. We've attached meanings to what nutrition is. When you step back and you're like, okay, is it is it the macronutrients? Is it the micronutrients? Is it the experience? Like, what does nutrition mean to you? And like, really, I prefer to use the word nourishment. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is nourishing? Because nutrition, especially for those who like are struggling with with orthorexia nutrition can feel like a, a bad word, you know, yes. it's a trigger. And so, so I tend to like not even use the word nutrition because, because it can bring up a lot of that guilt and that shame of, well, I'm not, I should be eating this. Right. Instead, yes. like, you get to define what nutrition or what nourishment means for you. And that, that opens you up to a variety of not only um, nutrients, but also experiences with food. Um, and it makes it that much more enjoyable, that much more um, satiating, that much more just meaningful. Because that's what food is. Mm -hmm. I, I really love that because I think that, again, once again, you know, the, the idea of nutrition is very, it seems very concrete. It seems very black and white from what we hear of, from diet culture. So it's helpful, I think, to yeah to bring awareness to that that like everyone needs to have their own definition and what you know what is a value for them um, when it comes to for to nourishment really so yeah. I really like that um so Beth I want to kind of wrap up by asking you um to directly I guess give your advice to someone listening who um has kind of had this concept that you know intuitive eating is anti-nutrition or whatever and is totally not focus on that? Like what would be your, your piece of wisdom or advice to that person? Um, like that person who's just kind of first learning about it and experiment yes. or someone who already has a preconceived idea of what it is and therefore it's bad. Uh, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> cause you can't convert someone who's, who's insisting yeah. food of eating is bad and you're going to die. Like, you, you right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess someone who's just like new and has this, you know, idea that it's like, okay, I'm just giving up nutrition now. I'm not going to really care about that, you know? 
so I think if someone came across these, this concept and, and they're feeling some fear, some doubt, some, you know, one is don't try to do it alone. Like get, mm-hmm. get either like, um, a friend or your partner or a coach, a therapist, like someone mm-hmm. to help you in the process. It's really helpful to get that third party outside observation. Um, because so much of those thoughts and feelings are, are internal, like they're in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it is helpful to get a supportive, um, just a support network that that has your back, which is hard to find in nowadays because so so many people, most people, you know, are entrenched in that. <laughs> True. So yeah. That's what makes it tricky. But you know, get get the book instead of making assumptions. Like actually read it. Actually follow mm-hmm. accounts and people that share these similar thoughts and beliefs so that you can see that it's so much more than just eating donuts you can see the variety of bodies the variety of foods that people are eating um, just to expand your understanding and the potential for what this might offer you and then really just be gentle just know that it's a process it's not a destination and be gentle Mm -hmm. on yourself and it's just being willing to explore and celebrating that as a win. That's going to be huge. Yeah. I don't know I that that. question. That's kind of a little all over the place. <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's perfect. And I think it's so true that, because even just like thinking about people I interact with on a daily basis at times, like, um, you know, there's lots of messages I get and there's lots of diet talk and stuff like that. And it can be so hard to, um, yeah, I don't know, to immerse yourself in intuitive eating when you're also immersed in diet culture every day. It so hard. yeah, it's, it is, and I really, mm-hmm. I, guess I really just want to say it is yes. your body. It is your choice. Like mm-hmm. I, I had someone ask me as they've tried to unlearn the diet culture and learn more about intuitive. Yeah. They felt really guilty that they still wanted to eat like the low carb tortilla mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. because that, well, that's not intuitive eating. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> Do you like it? Is your body asking for it? Or mm-hmm. is it more of a, oh, I should eat this, but I really want that. Like if you genuinely like it and your body's asking for it, then that's intuitive eating. Like that's right. great. And, and also I'm not the one that should be telling you what to eat because it's, it's your body, your choice. And so mm-hmm. really just getting clear on what do I want? Yes. Um, I love that. Yeah. I always kind of think of it as like, you know, what is the intention behind the choice? Like it could be the yeah. lowest carb, lowest, whatever thing, but it's, it's not the food, like the actual food title that matters. It's what your reasoning is and, and how it's going to serve you. So I, I really like that. I think that's an important thing to point out. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could definitely, um, call intuitive eating synonymous with mindful eating and intentional eating mm. because you are becoming more aware of what you want and how it feels. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, all right, Beth. Well, I'm going to, I guess we'll wrap it up for now, but thank you so much for, for taking the time. This has been great. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. If you have been enjoying the podcast so far, please take a moment to rate on iTunes and um, leave a review if you have the time and just let me know what you're thinking so far. And yeah, I'll be back next week with another awesome episode. All right. Take care, guys.